Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, this conversation is well beyond my pay grade. With me today is Commonwealth Bank's Chief Analytics Officer, Andrew McMullen. Like just about every company on the planet, ComBank has been on a mission to improve its customer experience and communications. Andrew has been part of the core team at the bank, which has developed an AI-powered customer engagement engine that essentially drives everything the bank does to understand customers, develop products and services, and communicate to them. We're going to try and unpack the strategy, the tech stack, and the results the ComBank is seeing. Wish me luck on that. But before that, you should know a little bit about Andrew. He came to the Com- Bank about four years ago after 10 years with Royal Bank of Scotland. Uh, at university, Andrew did his PhD in machine learning back in the 1800s when it was still quite conceptual. And he worked in academia as a lecturer in mathematics and statistics before heading to the dark side, joining UBS Investment Bank. Clearly today, that's all paid off. So welcome, Andrew McMullen. Let's see if I can keep up with you. Um, we'll get to the uh, the ComBank's customer and personalization strategy shortly. But the bigger picture here is that uh, every company is talking about customer experience, customer first but there still seems to be huge gaps between the vision and the reality of delivering on it. Um, Andrew, what are, the, what are the biggest blockages that you see inside companies to meaningfully do customer first? And welcome. Welcome, Paul, and thank you for the uh, lovely introduction. I think the, uh, I mean, the question about why some organisations uh, still seem to wrestle with or struggle to truly change the game in terms of improving customer experience. My, my experience, it's, it's normally uh, people and, you know, people buying into the, the vision and the purpose of what organizations really need to do for customers. So if I think about, you know, Commonwealth Bank in, in my four years, from the very first day I arrived in Australia and, and went to work with Combank, it was super clear to me that the senior leadership of the bank truly were committed to uh, building relationships with customers, improving the experiences that customers had uh, when they interacted with us. And, you know, to that point, the, the first program of work that I worked on with the Commonwealth Bank of Australia was called Customer Relationship Banking. And at the heart of that was how do we really, truly understand our customers and engage with them in every single channel and every single interaction in a way that makes them want to bank with us and do more with us and have a smile on their face when they're doing it. We will get further into detail in a minute, Andrew, but where was it at when you arrived? How, how far along the capability? I guess spectrum was the ComBank when you arrived to actually deliver on that vision? I, I love that question and I love telling the story of where we started. So it actually started with one laptop in one branch. So we had a small team who from Sydney got in a car and drove to St Mary's branch, which is in uh, Penrith. And what the team wanted to do uh, was really understand the conversations that our frontline team members wanted to have with customers the conversations that they felt would really make a difference. 
the vision there was, well, how do we use our systems and our data and our information and understanding of customers and particularly take what the frontline know our brilliant conversations and build those out in a way that all of our frontline can have a great conversation with every single customer when they come in to bank with us. So that was four and a half years ago when, when we did that. We spent a little bit of time in that branch, in that region, and then when we were happy and when our frontline colleagues told us that the conversation set that we had were genuinely great conversations for customers that helped them get more from their banking with the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, we rolled that out across the, the nation. We rolled it out across all branches. We rolled it out across all of our call centres. And you know, over the last... Uh, few years we, we've integrated every single channel that we use into the customer engagement engine so that when a customer interacts with us on the app on our online banking which we call NetBank, um, if they call us if they go to branch everything that they see from us is connected to the engine in real time so that we're having a continuous conversation with the customer learning and knowledgeable of the last interaction the customer had with us regardless of where it was. Let's go to that, Andrew, because it's exactly this very fancy and massive investment in what you call the customer engagement engine. What is the, uh, the, the technology that sits behind it and then what does it deliver or how is it helping? Yeah, well, like most organisations, we have a, a big data uh, layer. So we've organised all of our data there that allows us to understand you know, everything about our customers. And then sitting on top of that, we have the we, we use Pega software to uh, do our customer decisioning. So Pega have a product called Customer Decisioning Hub, which we use to run all of the different models and, and scoring to understand what's the best conversation to have with Paul. So as an example, Paul, if you if you bank with us and you open up the app. As soon as you open the app, the app makes a call to the customer engagement engine to say, Paul's here, what's the next best conversation we have for him? And then we'll return that in milliseconds into the assets in, in the app. This customer engagement engine, though, Andrew, it does a whole lot more than that too, right? You've got every channel, I think, it's it's, it's pulling in in real time all customer interactions and, and this, this decisioning engine you talk about, how far does it go across uh, the organisation? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So it's in every single channel. You know, I use... Uh, the app as as the example because you know we've got um, millions of our customers using the app every single day and you know every one of those interactions is a call to the engine but similarly all emails that our customers receive um, every message they see within online banking if they go into branch the customer engagement engine presents to the member of staff the conversation and services to talk to our customers uh, about when they're in the branch and that uh, moment, you know that that happens uh, now almost thirty million times every single day. So thirty million times every day, there'll be a call to the customer engagement engine uh, through one of our channels that our customers are using to interact, and then in milliseconds, we'll return the next best conversation. How long did it take for you to get that system? Or when did you put it in? And how long does it take to be operate fully operational? I'm assuming it is now. Yeah, it is, and and it's been a four and a half, five year journey, but it's been. Uh, a fair a fair investment from the organization both in the tech but uh, even more importantly in the people and the capability and the and the organizational setup you know how do how do we come to work together across the different parts of the organization that need to work together to make this work for our customers 
Um, just give us a couple of examples, perhaps, Andrew, of how, how it's been working through COVID because it's served a very good purpose through COVID in, in understanding customers and what you've been doing with them. Yeah, spot on. We've, um, in the very early parts of COVID, we, we wanted to let our customers know that we were here for them and give them the messages that were relevant to the relationship that they had with us. We've you know, had 200, over 250 million personalised interactions in the mobile app alone with our customers related to, to COVID. And examples of that might be that you know, we know customers who have a home loan with us. So we would, you know, they would get a, a little conversation in the app that if they clicked on it, would link them through into the landing page, which would show them uh, what options were available for them on their home loan. So, you know, they could they could take a six-month deferral or whatever other options were uh, available for, for our customers. And as you think about all the different products and services customers have, then those messages were tailored to their particular uh, needs. Um, and the response to that, you know, has been uh, really very uh, impressive in, indeed. And the ability to, like, it was six or seven weeks ago, I think, when Victoria on a, on a Monday, they announced that they were going to make some changes and there was going to be an announcement that uh, afternoon and later that evening, we had uh, personalised interactions for our uh, customers in Victoria just to let them know all of the information that had been updated, uh, all of the other things that we would offer and could offer to them to help them uh, in that moment. When you say personalised, Andrew, does that mean it's just saying, dear Paul? What does personalisation mean in the Combank's context? How personalised do we get? So if you don't have a home loan, obviously we'll not talk to you about that. If you've got a credit card, we'll uh, direct you to the landing page to let you know what's available from a credit card point of view. If you've got multiple products, uh, then that would be different again, depending on the state you were in, uh, the state or territory. Again, the message that you see would be relevant to those circumstances. So when you start to think about all the different number of combinations that can alter the message that you might see or the information that you might get, that's where it starts to become really personalised. Is that generated though by the engine, sort of the, the, the context of the conversation or do you still have humans that are writing scripts that or writing the approach to customers or is it automated? How automated is the, is the communication of it uh, as well as the delivery? Yeah, look, there's always a, an element of human oversight. So we would uh, set up you know, rules or train the models and then when we're happy with them, they go into the production environment and, and then they work. You know, if you're thinking a little bit about there's a lot of machine learning models in the system and they're continuously learning from how customers are responding to those uh, conversations whether that's in uh, our net bank environment or in the app you know as customers click on yes please that was really relevant to me or no thank you uh, not right now whatever the interaction is the the system's learning and improving every single time with every interaction and then we continue to add new things into that and we test and experiment with new things. You know, Paul, the thing that I think you mentioned in your question was benefit finder. You know, how did we uh, show up and help our customers? So we actually, um, we've been working on a feature for uh, just over a year. It's called uh, benefit finder. And what we realized was that across Australia, there are hundreds of benefits or rebates that uh, Australians are eligible for, but many people just didn't know that they were there. 
So we created this feature, which has got um, over 290 benefits and rebates in there that we let customers go in. And actually, we use information that we have on our customers to personalize that for them as well to say, look, so I've got kids. So when I go into the benefit finder, some of the features that are right at the top are, you know, you've got active kids vouchers. Did you know that you can get $100 back if your kids play sport or creative arts or, you know, what, whatever the tip, the, the right benefits for me are, they become available uh, for me and then I can click through and I can go and claim those benefits. And actually, as we uh, as COVID kicked off, one of the things that we did really quickly was make sure that any benefits, rebates, uh, money that was available to people that were going to face hardship were put into that tool. So we added an extra 19 really quickly. And you know, in the last year, we've seen over half a million of our customers go in and start the process of claiming benefits that they were entitled to. And a lot of that in the last few months with COVID, you know, there's a few hundred thousand of those were in the last few months alone with customers going in, obviously, at a time of need, maybe they're reduced hours, maybe they're, they've lost their job or, or whatever. And all of that money really helps right now. That's a good example. What's some of the other standout projects uh, that have come out of this, this customer engagement engine and what you've been doing there in the, in the last 12 months or so, Andrew? Standout sort of, uh, yeah, standout programs really and, and projects that you've done. You know, it's, it's always on and therefore it's uh, just the way that we engage with our customers now across the channels. The other example was, you know, in terms of the year we've had in Australia, you'll remember the bushfires which raged the coast of Australia. I remember when, when that started to kind of happen and, and, and really started to take hold straight away got the team together we had an emergency assistance package that we could let customers know again if you're in this uh, area and you're impacted by this here's all of the things that you can get help with so we we pushed that live that day for that postcode and then what we did was we kind of hooked ourselves up to the, uh, the, the the live updates from the fire service, which allowed us to understand where the fires were going. And then that would come into our systems and the postcodes would get updated and say, well, all these like over over time, over the next few weeks is like 124 postcodes that um, were identified as at risk. So uh, as soon as that would happen from the, the fire service data, then our systems would uh, include those customers and we would start to contact them either via messages in the app or if they called us or uh, if they went into branch they logged on, then we, we knew they were in an area that was impacted. So we let them know that here's all of the things that we can do for you right now. Well, it's a great example. And I guess, um, you know, that, that ticks just about every box in terms of customer experience, personalization, being proactive from a company. It's, it's got all that in there and it's, and it's helping. Um, what, uh, how do you quantify, uh, have you got quantification now on, on, on the benefits or what it's delivering to the bank as a result? What do customers feel about the bank? Is it working? How do you quantify the, the, the commercial outcome as much? as the, the, the customer experience uh, improvement? Great question. And I, I suppose one that's on everyone's mind. Um, if you invest a lot in this uh, from a technology, people, systems point of view, can you guarantee that it's going to deliver against your organizational strategy? So, so two things to um, say there. One, in terms of customer satisfaction and net promoter score, uh, it is absolutely true that when we're having conversations through the customer engagement engine with our customers, they have higher satisfaction and net promoter scores than when we don't. So 
core to our strategy. That's one of the things that we focus on a lot. And then, look, if I give you a business example, we uh, published in our results a couple of years ago when, when we started investing in the customer engagement engine. One of the things that we wanted to do was really help our uh, lenders help customers who were looking to buy, buy a house. You know, I think the, the stats that were in that within you know, the first 12 months of the program, we were sending something like 10 times more leads to our lenders to help customers. And they were 300% better than any of the leads they'd ever had before in terms of you know, identifying customers that were asking for our help and getting to them at the right time and then helping them with their uh, aspirations of, of buying a home. So just better information at the right time, better sales. It absolutely helped customers that had that need and aspiration at that time. And ultimately, um, you know, that, that can be as important as, as helping customers in, in the current situation. Because I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you have, been in a situation where that you're looking to buy a car, you're looking to buy a house, you really kind of, your dream holiday, whatever it is, that, that's when you need your bank to be there for you and, and, and show up and be able to help you with that uh, aspiration. So th- those are the types of things that we really try to do to understand uh, the needs and wants of our customers and, and then in the time and channel that uh, works for them, you know, connect with them and, and let them know that we're here to help them if, if that's uh, something that they would like. How deeply, Andrew, has, has sort of the customer engagement engine or at least the insights and capability that it's delivering, how deeply has that changed how the business units think, how they develop strategy and, and products and, and how it's oper- operationalised? Is it, is it quite fundamental or were you kind of structurally there already? Yeah, I, I'd say that it's fundamentally changed the way we think as an organisation and also uh, how we have set ourselves up so the, you know, the, the belief that one team can sit on a platform like this and then you get customer success is just not the reality. So we, you know, the way we work, we've got data engineers, data scientists, marketers, uh, digital UX um, experts, digital experts, uh, product experts. So we, we have multifunctional scrums that come together and say, right, what's the customer outcome that we're trying to achieve together? And once we're really clear on that, then that uh, multifunctional scrum of people go after those customer outcomes together. But it's only through that combination does it really work. Great answer, and I, and I guess you mentioned marketing there. I'm particularly interested in this, particularly with uh, uh, with our with our audience. Is that how how is all this informing both direct customer communications and, and what the bank's marketing team are doing more broadly today uh, in strategy and marketing? Um, is it is it shaken in, in media and broader communications as well? Uh, what's changed in that process from your perspective as the data analytics lead, uh, say versus three years ago? How's marketing doing things differently from your perspective? The one advantage that um, um, I think we've had at Commonwealth Bank is you know, one of the visionary leaders at the bank who wanted the customer relationship banking program to work and uh, pioneered the customer engagement engine was our chief marketing officer, Monique McLeod. So she's, she's been driving this from the, the very get-go and actually was just on a call with her and, and some of her team yesterday when they're pushing us now even further. The, uh, you know, in terms of that personalization question earlier, they're like, well, you know, we want to we want to go further faster because we want to make sure that the way that the message shows up for different customers, the content, the the layout, the the pictures, the relevance, 
that um, that needs to be uh, really, really personal and relevant. And you know, you think about lots of easy examples to to think about there. But um, you know, even if I my my wife and I, the things that we like and the way that we kind of engage with the app and uh, online banking is very different. That's unusual. <laughs> now, now that we know that, you know, isn't it isn't it important that you know, we start to understand the way you like the words to be presented, uh, the language that you understand, you know, the simplification. Some customers need us to explain things in different ways than, than others. You know, the marketing team are very keen to make sure that we've got the, the science and the execution capability to be able to keep pace with what they want to do and how they want to show up to our customers in a personalized way. And your big magic black box that you're sitting on will allow that to happen? at that scale? Yeah, a couple of things in that. It's certainly not a black box. We can explain uh, everything that we do. And it's now very much trusted by the different parts of the organization to deliver the, the things that we want to deliver for our customers in, in the way that we set it up to do so. Yeah, sorry, Andrew. That's, that's the way uh, a Neanderthal like me best explains what you're, the, 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 the technology that you're sitting on. So, yes, you're right. It's not, it's, you've got the science there. But the, the, I think the question where I was going to is, though, that at scale, uh, how do you deliver um, that sort of inf- – let's go there. I mean, how do you deliver that sort of information um, and the insights for the marketing team to act on? How does that delivered? It's fascinating to me. We try and get all of the right people together on a regular basis to uh, stare at the data that we have to see what's working, what's not working. Uh, One of the concepts that we're trying to push is that we want to actually feel fast and experiment with things that you know we thought might work i'm pretty i'm pretty convinced that almost everything we think will will land in a particular way never lands that way so you know we 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 go out with uh small scale experiments uh talk to our customers about things learn from their engagement with that about what works and what doesn't and then that allows us to improve and scale all of the things that we're trying to do you know, I think about if you want a, like an example of how the, the system works, in the mobile app, we might turn on a message for a small segment of our customers. And, you know, you think of the number, like, but six million customers engaging with our app on a, on a regular basis. So it's very easy to get scale and learning really quickly. So we might turn a message on and select a group of customers as they engage with that. You know, we would learn in minutes, hours from that model, what works, what doesn't. And then when we're happy with the performance of it, we can then easily switch it on into the production environment and allow that conversation to be prioritized for customers who look like customers who've really enjoyed engaging with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so I want to ask you a moonshot question from someone who's right across AI and machine learning. We hear a lot about in the media and marketing game around dynamic creative, where the machines are starting to create and build creative components that are personalised to an individual. Where do you see that playing? How automated and how how deeply will the machines start to create genuine and interesting uh, standout communications? Because I just caveat it with, I have seen some of these these examples, you know, maybe two years ago. And what, what ends up happening is you get to a very 
bog standard sort of visualization of okay, we've got a Subaru car with a man and a woman's better than just having a man on a mountain's better, and you kind of have these generic images um, that all fits right strategically, but then everyone else, all the machines are doing the same thing, and you find that you actually, actually don't have differentiation because everyone's doing it. So there's a few mixed up questions there, but just how far can machine learning take the creative process, for instance? Yeah, I think like we're, we're already doing a little bit of that, Paul. So. You know, as an example, uh, we have models that try and understand w- not only what message to have to you and what content to show, but what assets to use. So we know that you use your app a lot. And actually, as you use the app, how you kind of flip from left to right and where you go, even in NetBank, what, what, what's the assets which you engage with most? And a lot of customers go in and they go top right, but some actually read some of the boxes down the bottom. So we already know a lot of that about our customers. Customers, and then we, we just try and use that to make sure that the most important messages get presented to you in the places that you use uh, and, and in a way that we know that you start to respond. So maybe the, the pictures that have resonated with you in the past will start to... Um, differentiate between those and the content, the language, the words, you know, variable fields. We, we use a lot of our machines uh, in, in those examples to, to try and make sure that we're making it as personal and relevant for customers as we possibly can. How are you, what are your metrics showing, Andrew, on, on engagement with customers like this? How often and how long or how efficient you have been with your customers in, in some of these uh, actions? Uh, is that changing over time? You're seeing them do more, more frequency, higher? I don't know how you, how you, how you kind of quantify that sort of engagement level. Can you? Yeah, definitely. Look, there was a lot of, um, one of the things that we saw that, during COVID in particular, a lot of our customers were engaging with the app many more times than they had been before. And uh, a lot of the messages that we were presenting to them were, were resonating with them. And you know, we've seen that come through in our net promoter score and a little bit on our brand positioning as well. You know, the, uh, recently, I think there was a, there's a survey where, where Commonwealth Bank were in the top 10 of the trusted organizations in terms of how we've been showing up through COVID. So I think we're, we're pleased with uh, that. Um, as much as, you know, the, the, the thing is that our whole purpose and intent is genuinely to try and do the right thing for our customers across all of the products and services that they have with us. And if we just keep doing that and our actions just really start to shine through, we do believe that the net promoter score, customer satisfaction, uh, brand trust will, will, will all rise as they have been doing. Well, I knew we were going to run out of time and I've got about a thousand more questions, but I've got one more for you. You mentioned um, Pega and I think we also talked earlier about a company out of the San Francisco called H2. Have I got that right? H2O. H2O.ai. In the context of the of the tech that you're using, many companies uh, are piling into these into into big service uh, marketing, customer and sales cloud platforms offered by you know the big companies, the big tech companies like Adobe, Salesforce, Google, Oracle, and so on. Do you use these platforms, and how do they plug into this customer uh, engagement engine that you've built? And how does that work? Do you use them, and what do you make of them? Yeah, look, the H2O.ai. Uh, so I, I've worked in this field probably for about 25 years and uh, I think it's an incredible product and you know, almost I'm pretty sure the team would tell me that every model that we've used uh, that system to build has been significantly better than the models that went before. Now a lot of that is more data but also just more compute. 
right? So the the amount of compute that you now have available uh, to the organization, I I kind of compare that back to my uh, PhD when I used to press run on code and and then leave for a couple of days and go back and find out that the the models hadn't quite worked the way that I had hoped, um, and and now we're running on hundreds of billions of data points in, in seconds and uh, that's just incredible and the number of iterations the modeling techniques uh, is really very very exciting in terms of the uplift that we're seeing across the different use cases that we're using the the platform for and as you get more advanced you know as people talk about AI and you know some of the really more advanced deep learning neural nets natural language processing you know there's that you you mentioned black box earlier people are like well it becomes really difficult to explain that and We've also, in partnership, we, we worked with the ANU who, who came in and uh, had a look at what we were doing. And uh, in terms of our overall principles and uh, you know, the ethics in which we operate under, we've created an ethical AI tool and an explainable tool, which allows us to understand everything that those models are doing, all of the features that are important. We actually we also test every one of our models for any unintended bias. We're unbelievably committed to making sure that, you know, maybe you've seen some examples in the US where... Amazon's job applications would be one, right, where that's the sort of stuff you're talking about with bias? Yeah. So we're super focused on that to make sure that everything that we do, we understand and uh, that there is no unintended bias in any of the models or conversations that we're having with our customers. Yeah, oh, look, I, that, I mean, if we had a day's podcast, we'd cover that, but um, we might have, might have to come back because it's a really fascinating area and an important area for, for, as you say, with trust and what's going on in technology. But I do want to just come back to um, the, these these big, these platforms that are getting a lot of traction, uh, the tech platforms, the customer service and cloud platforms that are getting a lot of traction in market. You are deep in this and I'm just fascinated to see whether what you're using with uh, H2I and Pega versus the, the cloud platforms from those other companies I mentioned, what's the difference? Do you see benefit for those? There's a lot of companies buying those other systems. You've gone a little bit differently into into building your tech stack or do you use those, those Salesforce and, and Adobe systems as well and how do they plug in? Yeah, look, we've got a lot of those uh, organizations that we partner with across our stack. And uh, for us, it's always about just getting the optimal use of the different technologies to make sure that we're as good as we can be in the areas that we prioritize. And I think one of the things that I always make sure I uh, comment on is like the, the technologies, a lot of them you know, may be similar in many aspects. More important than that is the hearts and minds of your people and the connection of the organization to really trust and believe in the information that's coming out of the systems and that it will really help customers. That My experience at Commonwealth Bank of Australia is the reason that I think we're doing this really well um, is, is because of that, is because our front line. And actually one of the things the team uh, were telling me recently, we have had over 1,000 bits of feedback from the frontline team. So either that's branches or people in the call centers uh, to, to let us know that, you know, a bit of feedback, that didn't quite land, this didn't quite work, which we then take and use and um, improve the, the system. And through that collaboration and connection, the, there is incredible trust uh, in the customer engagement engine from the people who serve our customers. 
So, Andrew McMullen, final question to wrap up is, um, what does the next 12 months look like for ComBank and its customer strategy? Open banking is in play, which will obviously have significant competitive threats and opportunities for the sector. Um, So, what are the priorities for the year ahead with COVID clearly top of mind for you and customer engagement, the customer engagement engine and what you're doing with customer experience? Yeah, in terms of the next... 12 months. I mean, a lot of, uh, I think the last common and COVID major focus for us right now, hundreds of thousands of uh, customers who have asked for our help and either that's a deferral on their home loan or a payment break on credit cards or personal loans. You know, we're, we're working with every one of those customers now and again, trying to create a personal engagement and understanding of their circumstances so that we can uh, do whatever we can to to help them you know our top priority there is to keep every one of our customers in their home so that that's a big focus yeah a lot of work uh team working on on open banking and uh you know we look forward to that program of work as it evolves so uh we can you know better uh provide different services to our customers more on bank like services to our customers as well to try and you know help them We've got a we've got a feature that we're really excited about at the moment, which is uh, called Bills Hub, where we're uh, really helping our customers understand all of the bills that they have. You know when the bills are coming, making sure that they keep on top of that. You'll be aware that thousands of transactions going through your account every year, and actually staying on top of that can be quite hard for customers. So we've created a Bills Hub feature that makes that really simple for customers. Lets you know if the, the bill that you had, maybe you paid fifty dollars for ten months in a row to a provider, and it changed to one hundred and fifty. We would just give you a little a little alert to let you know that that happened, and you can go in and check on it. You know, it's one of the many features in that Bills Hub experience, which uh, we really want to help customers understand what bills they have, what they're paying, and opportunities for them to maybe get a better deal somewhere if they're paying more than we think they should be. Great. Well, it was a really interesting conversation. I could keep going, but I know you've got uh, other things to do, like analyse some data or something, I suspect, um, Andrew. So thanks for joining. I'd love to uh, loop back around on some of these other these other issues we talked, we touched on, but didn't go deep enough. But good to talk and stay safe. Thanks, Andrew. You too, Paul. Thank you very much. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre, that's moi, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button.